minds with the chip inside I can link and digitize that which prior to this was higher than science could ever devise This is a neural interface, we're gonna stick it in your face Till it in your brain and interlace There's an arms war on and we're gonna win the race Leave everything a race, bring the base Welcome to Dangerous Minds, where we delve into the minds of biohackers, grinders, and take a closer look at the tech being implanted and developed by this community. Joining us on the program tonight is Damien, a grinder and partner with DangerousThings.com, Cooper, a system admin who lives open source solutions, and Cursor, a software dev with a master's specializing in RF technology. Now you've heard our new theme music. I hope you enjoy it, because with this new year of 2017, we are making a few changes. One, the music. Two, we're going to try and get a little bit more content from hard sciences, not just implants and biohackers and grinders, but try and get a greater scientific community uh, gathered together for our podcast. And as far as community goes, we are also adding to our content on our website. You may see that it is developing and looking a little bit differently, slowly but surely. Yes, uh, we are changing the look of it and adding to the content. No longer is it just one page, but it is several pages and will continue to grow. And speaking of growth, we need your help. So we're starting to gather information and videos for Dangerous Minds University. No, you won't get a degree like Cursor this way, but you will get the satisfaction of learning. And you, the community, can help with this. If you have a tutorial that you'd like to share, then please send it in. Uh, either that, either in just a, like an Instructables style that gives you step-by-step -step for print to be posted to our website or video, and then we'll put it on our YouTube site. We'll be glad to give you the credit and any other cameramen, what have you. Just please give us the information for the for that in the email that you send the files with or share the link off of Google Drive or Dropbox if you so desire. Now, um, the email address for that is dmp-university at dangerousminds.io. We look forward to your submissions. And yes, if you so desire and become an expert at Dangerous Minds tutorials, then yes, Damien will be happy to make you a certificate and send it to you uh, himself because Damien thinks everyone needs a piece of paper as pretty as Cursor's is. Unfortunately, this is an audio podcast, so you're not able to see his IKEA-framed piece of paper. And yes, I said it terribly on purpose. Pun intended, as you might say. What was that? The frame will not be included with any Dangerous Minds University certificate. You need to visit IKEA yourself. That is a good point because, yes, we are self-funded. Uh, we do have a little bit of help from our best friends at DangerousThings.com who delivers custom gadgetry for the discerning hacker and biohacker. More on that in a minute, but we just want to be sure and say this is your podcast, not ours. Um, DMP Nation, we we want we look forward to your submissions. So indeed, we want to say thank you for our listeners uh, for coming back because we're almost breaking five thousand total downloads. 
that's insane. I, I'm sure uh, if you would have asked me back in September, would we ever think about that? I would laugh at you uh, because I was happy when 20 downloads happened in a week, if not a month. Now I'm like 20 downloads. What, what was that like five minutes ago? Holy cow. Yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit interesting on perspective change, but let's go ahead and get back to the conversation. Uh, up first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, DangerousThings.com, who delivers custom gadgetry for the discerning hacker and biohacker. So check them out at, of course, DangerousThings.com. For those of you in the EU, uh, you can get order from Digiwell.com, and thanks to them, you can also get a 10% discount on all DangerousThings.com product. And you, what is that discount code, you might ask? It is MIND. M-I-N-D. And can you guess where that came from? I think so. But if you or your organization is interested in sponsoring the efforts of Dangerous Minds Podcast, please feel free to reach out to us either through our homepage, dangerousminds.io, or shoot us an email at info at dangerousminds.io. And we'd be glad to talk to you about it. So special, another special message uh, for Rich Lee's GoFundMe page. So as you guys know, he's been having some troubles with uh, legal fees, trying to win a battle for his kids. So at the moment, he's three quarters of the way there, thanks to generous people and their donations. Uh, his current total is $7,565 out of 10800 Um, If you haven't heard his show already, where we just gave him a quick interview so he could get his story out on the podcast, go and have a look and a quick download now. Uh, The link for that page is www.gofundme.com forward slash cyborg dad. Come on, guys. Let's go and donate some money for him. And talking about donating, you know, last episode, we talked about the raffle going on for 2XNTI. Full kits. Originally, we announced that the drawing would be the end of January. Well, guess what? That's in two weeks. Yes, we've been pretty terrible about uh, getting up that PayPal link. Well, guess what? We're going to actually get that up today. But with that in mind, because we're a little behind the eight ball, you might say, we're going to go ahead and extend it. We're going to extend it to February. End of February, we're going to do two X. XNTI plus plus not only will you get those kits but we're actually going to have t-shirts too yes you heard it right now only one of those shirts exists at this time and that is under wraps but by the end of February there'll be much more shirts out promoting dangerous minds and we will then be lovingly including them with the kits so not only are you getting some love from dangerousthings.com but from dangerous minds as well fully that you can wear and show with pride not only your scar but also the t-shirt as well and yes and it, it also the fun part about that is if the winner is local to either london or in the Austin, Texas area, guess what? We'll do one better. We'll even install it for free in you. A favor from Dangerous Minds to you. Cursor apparently would also like to volunteer if you're in the London area to be your 
cameraman hold your hand during it and give you comforting words and encouragement during the process. Trust me, it looks like a big needle, but it doesn't hurt that bad. And maybe he'll even have his squirrel with him with a lollipop too. But I think he also has something to share uh, share with us about today's format. Don't you, Cursor? Indeed. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, You're joining us on the first newscast, if you like, of the year. Uh, So remember, all the stories that you hear in the podcast are available to read on our Facebook page and our Twitter feeds and in the show notes on the website, which is dangerousminds.io. And also remember, if you have a a story you'd like shared or anything you'd like us to go over on our next news briefing podcast, uh, do get in touch with us and email us at info at dangerousminds.io as well as if you have anything we'd like us to interview. Let us know and we can use it as a possible focus of the next episode. And yeah, we've got some, we've got a few stories here for today and lots of opinion. Definitely not expert opinion, but it's opinion just the same. Like the first story up here is about Alexa. And now that you can clean your vacuum uh, cleaner by controlling that robot vacuum, which is put out by Nito's robot uh, vacuum cleaners. And this is a TechCrunch article here um, where it seems like this is normally connected to a smartphone, but this is the first one ever that added Alexa skill integration which if that didn't already creep you out enough that you've got this device in your house that is always listening and now will uh, also obey your commands to suck properly. Indeed, you know, be able to keep your floors clean. But, you know, the great thing about that, not everything involving Alexa sucks. You know, I I know that Cursor's dying to put out a tutorial video about this, hopefully soon to our YouTube channel, about how you can listen to this podcast on Alexa. And I'm looking forward to it too, because I'm hoping if he posts that video, those of you that have an Alexa will suddenly be triggered and start playing it while listening to it on YouTube, on your Google Home, because that would be kind of a funny conversation, I think. If that happens, please record it and share it, and we'll post it to YouTube as well, because, hey, somebody's got to find it funny if I do, or am I just the only one? Anyway, what do, what do you guys think about this? Are you dying to get this uh, vacuum cleaner, this Neato Robotics Incorporated vacuum cleaner to work with your Alexa? Oh, see, I'm not too sure about that. How's it going to work? Do you have to program in sort of the room? Is it going to be, uh, I don't know, you're, you're cooking for dinner. I spilt something on the floor. Alexa, clean that up. Is it going to work like that? That'd be awesome. Not sure. So I haven't got an Alexa myself um, following another story in America. I think it was America anyway, where um, they're using data from Alexa to help solve a murder, which just proves Alexa is always recording. Right. Here we go. I don't mean to start off the new year with such a negative, but guys, really get with it. Like, I know there's a, there's, there's uh, Patrick if he listens to this, it's going to go mental and uh, send, send us a, a message. But we are pioneering technology as biohackers grinders. And at the same time, you're worried and you're scared about adopting new technology, which essentially is bettering our lives and achieving the same aim as what we're trying to do. One, there's no recorded cases of what Alexa's doing. Two, I guarantee you have a phone where you say, hey, Google, hey, Siri, and it does whatever you want it to do. So this is not a new thing to be worried about. And three, 
if you want to be that bothered about it, I think Cooper shared an article in the week, which was a way of doing like a kill switch. So you have like an Arduino that has a microphone on it. And when it picks up, you say, you know, like Alexa, stop listening. It will stop the power to Alexa. Now we know it only takes a few seconds for Alexa to get power again. But guys, really like, it's not that scary. We're living in a world where, you know, technology is the forefront of everything we do. And I know I'm pro Alexa and you know what, it's great. And uh, anyone that has one that's listening to this right now, um, Alexa volume 10, um, (laughs) you'll definitely listen at high volume. But I know there's so much about this going on at the moment. Alexa's listening, this listen, listening, listening. Um, But you know, uh, I'm I'm pro Alexa for now. Yeah, actually the Alexa kill switch was... Uh, posted on Facebook by SparkFun Electronics's Facebook feed. And if you haven't seen anything from SparkFun, take a look at them. They are a lot of fun. They've got some good YouTube videos as well. Uh, the guy there also has these lovely, lovely electro- electronics components tattoos on his fingers. I'm so jealous. I kind of want them. But that's just a, a personal thing there because I, I started in electronics in high school. Yes, that was back a few years ago. Uh, Electronics component tattoos from like schematics. If you've ever drawn an electronics uh, schematic diagram, and you'll know what I'm talking about, and you'll understand why the little uh, nerdy technician inside me goes squee at at just the sight of this. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, take a look at the the feed on our Facebook and uh, my Twitter later, I'll post that link for the video. He shows an actual install in his hand uh, of an XNT from uh, Dangerous Things. And also he then has a, a custom designed scanner installed in his truck that he uses to unlock his truck. It's kind of fun because he even has a little radiation uh, advisory sticker on his window to over that, and then he rolls down the window and uh, shows the shows off his little build sticking in the door. Yes, it's it's well done. I'm actually impressed by it. It's uh, not not quite the same as uh, the kit you can get from DangerousThings.com for the XEM, uh, it, which has a scanner in a box, and then you have to you know put in. Uh, 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 one of your uh, keypad, key fobs for it to trigger it, uh, all that. It's a little bit different design, so I find it interesting. I like differences, and I definitely want to learn from it. But, you know, you never know. I don't have that either one of those kits in my car yet. It's one of those things that I'm getting around to, but I'm definitely doing the XEM on my motorcycle. If I can ever get my carburetor rebuilt properly, yeah. I'm an electronics and computers guy, not really a mechanic very well, at least on a motorcycle. Um, cars, that's, everything's a lot bigger and easier to work with, especially with these sausage fingers. Maybe I need Pocket to come visit. I heard he's got small hands. Very, very small hands. Um, but, you know, they're good for soldering. Maybe. I think uh, Cooper and Damien are both working on this uh, access controller project. So hopefully it's something we'll see um, in the videos. Um, so that video of uh, using the access controller with a motorbike will be coming soon. 
Um, I'm going to be doing my larger license, getting a larger bike, and then I'm going to fit it to the 125. That way, you guys will be able to modify your bikes yourselves. What, you're not going to switch down to a moped, get a Vespa, and put it on that? Come on, man. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get like 50 headlights on it. I'm going to be like from the 60s. Uh, don't you want to get a pocket-sized bike so you can go uh, riding with pocket? Uh, pocket doesn't have a dash wish, so pocket uses a car. <laughs> It's like a, did you ever see, I don't know if they had it in the US, a broom? Did you have that program? Broom? Like a little broom. tiny car, a broom, broom. Just started a massive debate on, on Twitter or something. <laughs> Would you guys not have that? It's a little car. Uh, you've got hours of fun now, Cooper. I'm going to send you the whole season. I don't know if they do a season. But I'll send yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. The only car show from the UK that I watch is... Top Gear. Now known as Grand Tour. And yeah, well, now it's Grand Tour. I don't know what the new Top Gear looks like because I don't have cable TV, so I can't see the train wreck that it has become. Um, Um, I've read about the train wreck that it's become, and unfortunately, Top Gear America uh, or Top Gear US, whatever they called it, that got canceled, and that was kind of fun, sort of. Uh, You know, you can never go wrong with three guys being crazy around cars. Speaking of which, uh, aren't you coming to DEFCON this year, Cursor? Um, you know, can we do some kind of Top Gear theme uh, webisodes or something? I don't know if that's Biohacking Across the Pond, we might call that series. Uh, well, I thought um, what we'd do, I won't be driving, it's a long way. Um, we might do a, a if you're driving podcast. from England, um, then you're more than just a biohacker. <laughs> you, uh, that that's its own series in itself i think uh, we'll do a live sort of like blogging uh we get damien in to do some podcasting and coops you'll be over there anyway so uh you guys will be able to see my travels from the train to defcon um we'll, we'll post that up on facebook and um talking about facebook i'll just go straight into the next post <laughs> so um this one's an article on thehackernews.com which i've never actually heard of uh, i don't know how reputable they are but uh, facebook bug declares millions of users dead including zuckerberg uh, this happened um in november i think it was um just towards the end of last year um and what i find quite interesting about this is not the fact that it's funny because the bug was there or it's not so funny i don't know whichever way you look at it but the fact that it it reiterates the point of the fact of your digital identity and your digital life um, is almost just as important as your actual life. Um, as we know, digital life is going to be almost eternal and you, know, you can never sort of expire from that. Um, and this is just an idea of the fact that you're maybe not immortal even on the internet. Um, I know Emil posted a, an article in the week and I'll get us to, to resend that back out. Um, about sending um, media about your your kids at a young age on Facebook, whatever your stance is on that. Um, But it was actually going from the tact of the fact that you make a digital identity for them way before they can decide what they want to show on the internet. And therefore, you've already made a pre-sort of um, idea of how they are before they develop themselves as a person, uh, which you may find interesting. I don't know what you guys... Uh, how you feel about either the death thing or, you know, the whole persona on the internet? Well, Facebook as a whole kind of is kind of a creepy idea. I wish it wasn't so necessary to a lot of what we do because it's the easiest way I can find and maintain contact with 
you know, the people that we interview, the community, and, you know, share information. It's just really easy, but also you got to be, you got to be smart. You got to be careful of what you put out there. It's not like you're going to be off for vacation and nobody's home. Please come rob me now kind of thing. You know, common sense. It's not so common, unfortunately. And a lot of people have done silly things when it comes to putting very, very personal information out there. But, you know, putting your kids online, um, developing a whole thing for them before they're even really have it for themselves. That's, uh, I don't know about that. I have thought about setting up like an email address for my child who just had her first birthday first, you know, she's just a little over one now. Yes, that's personal information out there, but it's public knowledge. But when it comes down to it, I've thought about setting up an email address for her and, um, you know, saving the password to it uh, in a special spot so that never lose it and then give it to her on either her 18th or 21st birthday, along with like an email, uh, there'll be a whole lot of archived new email that had been in there uh, over the years, like either write one every birthday or you know, one every six months or something like that, and give that as like a special gift. Um, you know, going, maybe that's going a little bit too sentimental for some of you out there or going a little bit too much for the feels, but I thought it might be kind of cool and extremely unique because it's not like uh, something I can just go out and buy that was made in China or Taiwan or whatever, uh, made in India by kids that, you know, for a dime a day. I don't know. It's one of those things. It's, it's something personal, unreplicatable, uh, because it's whatever words I had for her at the time and possibly pictures and, you know, mementos along the way to that chronicles her growth and development and my own as, you know, her father. So I don't know what y'all think about that. Maybe that's totally off topic of, you know, infosec or biohacking really, but eh, I'm a dad. So it's, you know, a good topic for me. What I quite like about this topic is uh, like the way you answered it with a sentimental approach. It is something that's become part of us. Uh, Almost like if you took someone's digital identity away from them, it's almost like you're taking a part of them. And especially in our community where we're talking about technology becoming a part of the person, I think the way you've answered it almost goes parallel to what we're, we're doing. Um, you know, even creating a digital identity can have uh, benefits. But then you're talking about a private digital identity, almost like one of those time vault things that you put into the, you know, you dig up the garden, put it in there and find find it like 50 years later. Um, but something like that might be might be quite nice. It's just... Do you worry, Cooper, about who has control over that kind of account? I would definitely have a pretty hardcore, unique password uh, for something like that, especially if it was something I was hosting myself. I'd probably easily put like a 100-character digit symbol password on there and then not have it available in the cloud or anything like that. This would be something I would have stored locally on an air-gapped computer just stored as like a on personal file server but you know it's not like i'm going to throw this on hotmail or something and put a password of password one two three four or five because uh yeah no no way in hell one of the biggest problems in our world today is people that choose admin as a username and password as a password how did you know that because i hate stupid people damn it i've got to change my passwords now all right you're fired 
<laughs> it's been a pleasure, guys. See you later. Well, now that everyone knows how to get into Cursor's emails, yeah, my position on it, I'm not sure. I do, I do agree with the link. I mean, personally, as a child, I was, I was christened, and I don't choose to live that lifestyle. It's nothing in the same of the two, but I seek the relevance in being given the choice on your own is much more valuable than anything that can be done for you. So there's a picture of you out there. I don't know. Let's say you're, you're seven years old and you don't want that out there. There's been pictures of kids and the kids then sue their parents. Um, have you seen those, those stories? Uh, that's people like... suing their parents? Yeah, there was, uh, I can't, don't know how many people it was, but uh, they basically had childhood photos of them posted on Facebook without their consent, and then they sued their parents because they did it. This is the argument, again, I think that we had in another news thing about um, the girl that got, I can't even say the word, cryogenically frozen. Um, cryogenically. About, yeah, <laughs> thanks. About how old you have to be before you make your own decision. And, you know... Uh, if if I posted loads of pictures of you on the internet that you didn't want on there, you, you know, and it's that age argument. Does does the parent have full control over someone's life and their digital life? I don't know. Well, as their legal guardian uh, until they're you know reach the age of consent, legally, I would think you would. But morally, if you're posting questionable pictures, period, why? You know. I've heard of people, you know, teenagers getting brought up on uh, charges for child pornography for some of the stuff they're, they're posting online. And the same could probably be done to parents that, you know, post bath time pictures, stuff like that. You know, there, there's a limit to what you should put online when you really think about it. Just like there's a limit to what you should do, period, with, with computers. Uh, like I said before, common sense with digital use digital life should be a little bit, uh, you know, more thought out. But most of us just are like, I like this. It's cute. I want to share it post. I think the article as well raises a point that you don't necessarily think about. So I think it was a while that I read it, but I think the, um, the writer uses an example of, uh, say, a family member that only posts his pictures when their kids have an, uh, like a tantrum. And they don't have a tantrum all the time but they're only posting pictures when they do have a tantrum. So their digital identity is full of them having a certain persona that doesn't represent their whole life. Uh, so even dropping down for something, you might not even consider, oh, it's funny that they do this, you know, when they're shopping, doing this. But eventually, you know, it's never going to end. It's, it's there forever. And I think people, like you say, Cooper, need to understand that your identity is there forever and they're going to have personal information. In you. Um, and from personal information... Can we just go into another story? Um, there's a story from Naked Security. Hmm. That doesn't sound like a, uh, a source for them, but it's, it's secured by HTTPS, so it must be fine. Um, Google secures five-year access to health data of 1.6 million people. Um, this is an article. Sorry, it's, is, it, is it Sophos? Sophos? Yeah, Sophos. Sophos. Wow. Okay. I hate Sophos. <laughs> These are not the views of the Dangerous Minds podcast or our employers. Um, 
So <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that it's bad software. It's just much more configuration than is needed. It takes so much time. Well, they're probably assuming that they're giving you all the control in all the world as a system admin. We love control. Uh, But especially in enterprise solution software like Sophos is, the more control you have, the better you can customize it to your company's need. I've used Sophos before. I've used other solutions myself. And no, this is not an ad for Sophos. (laughs) <laughs> you think it is, then you can, you know, shove it right there. Because might have you know, to this is up. not a solicited ad. They are not a sponsor. I don't use their software because I know full and well how easy it is to bypass antivirus. Because antivirus is a joke these days. It, you know, one string of command from open source software will basically disable it and any and all alerts. So, yes. I'm not saying that antivirus is a bad thing. Yes, it's there to hit the highlights, but if the guy really knows what he's doing and he wants to get into your system or your network, you're screwed. So just prepare for the worst and hope for the best in all things IT (laughs) when it comes down to it. Because, you know, I, I don't know, I'm going on a tangent and a rant right now, but I try and live as it. Because when it comes down to it, I know there are people out there that make me look like an utter drooling moron when it comes to IT and InfoSec. And plain and simple, yeah, there's nothing I could do other than unplug my shit from everything, including power, sit on it with a sword in my hand saying, go near it, I fuck you up. Air gapped, power gapped, armed with a machete and a pistol. Yeah, that's one way to keep the guy from getting in and getting your your stuff. But that also keeps everybody else out and basically means that it's gone from a usable technology to a paperweight. And yeah, this is not the age of paperweights. This is the age of connectivity and connected devices, Internet of Things, Internet of Shit, whatever you want to call it. But when it comes down to it, yes. This is an insane thing that a lot of people just don't know how to configure and don't know how to maintain. If you don't update it, you don't patch it, you don't configure it properly, and you don't secure it, bad shit happens. That's why you know we hear about botnets attacking. Uh, we're not going to use that uh, M word for the botnet you know, that everybody keeps throwing up on the news articles all the time because, yes, buzzwords be damned. The M word? That's a firmware issue that the manufacturer screwed up because they didn't update it. They didn't plug the holes. They didn't care. It cost money and they didn't want to put it out. So, yeah, just like every other story out there. So-and-so got breached. Well, because they probably didn't patch the shit or the manufacturer didn't patch the shit and or a system admin got lazy and didn't configure it properly. It's one of those things. It's very much so a binary thing. It's either user issue or software issue that causes it. Um, no, it's not ones or zeros alive and dead. Movie quote there. If you got the, if you got the hint, then you've won the trivia question for today. And I give you a hug. But when it comes down to it, yeah, it's one of my favorite movies, so shush. Anyway. Okay. Like that's that's something that reminds me of a DEFCON talk where they talk about antivirus being um, for the low-hanging fruit. Um, and past that point, not great. So um, I can't remember who did that, but respect to you. <laughs> um, so the, yeah, this article is about a AI firm called DeepMind, 
hmm, deep mind. Um, and uh, London Hospital Trust, um, which is the NHS Foundation Trust, uh, they've signed a five-year deal. This tech startup is um, owned by Google, and they bought it in 2014. Uh, everyone's saying, what's the point of Google having this information? Um, and again, it raises that sort of suspicion of a search engine is interested in having the data. But I think this is a lot of smoke. Again, I mean, I'm, I'm not anti-privacy. Um, anti this, this is not my agenda today. But Google are known to, to, to keep um, storage systems. They back up a lot of the internet. They run a lot of the internet. Um, and if this means that the NHS, which is in a terrible state at the moment, um, gets any benefit from getting... Um, the data quicker or storage of the data or it becomes cheaper, then it saves lives. And at the end of the day, lives are the most important thing. Uh, on the other hand of it, you can say things like for an NHS who is struggling to prevent the privatization of those in the US that don't know, it's, it's a public uh, run organization at the moment. Um, and there's a lot of pressure to be privatized. Uh, Virgin Health, um, I think it's Virgin Health, um, are currently making a bid to to take a lot of the small walk-in centers and that maybe only increase. So it's quite a controversial thing to happen at this point in time. I don't know how it works for the US over, in, over there in terms of who stores your data, where it's stored. Um, but I mean, uh, I don't know, Damien, if, if, if you have any experience with the healthcare um, system in terms of data or any concerns that a search engine may have your data? Well, just to add on that, I mean, how many times you go to the hospital, they diagnose you with condition one, you go home and you Google condition one. Now, I mean, if they're keeping the history of what you've searched, they probably know what you've got anyway. So what is there to hide? It's not as if it's going to be sold. It's just there well, for private use, I hope. What do you think, Cooper? Well, much like any data that's gathered for analytics or metadata, really, I'm sure that the statistics are sold always to marketers, what have you, to build better engines to then serve up whatever they're trying to sell to you through pop-ups, banner ads, uh, Facebook ads, what have you. You always see stuff all the time just serving up on a, on a little digital platter of whatever you had recently looked at, it's like, oh, by the way, other users also bought this. Guess what? Well, yeah, maybe that's not what I was interested in. Maybe I was trying to buy a gift for my wife, and uh, un unfortunately, Amazon started serving up uh, some uh, fetish stuff instead. And you're like, um, no, I was trying to find something else, not a, not a, not, not a crop whip. What, what are you talking about, Amazon? Is that not based on your previous search history, Cooper? No, it's all keyword searches. No, I wasn't trying to get you a present for Christmas cursor. Ah, uh, damn it. Maybe I need to rethink the uh, FCON. <laughs> uh, I'm sure if you really, really want something like that, you'll find your way to the right parties in Las Vegas. Vegas yeah, is a big place for a small person. The statistics being sold, fair enough. If that's anonymous, no one really cares. But you Google your conditions that you get told of anyway, so... It's out there. There's nothing really to hide. That reminds me, um, Damien, when you said statistics is out there. Do you guys remember um, 
when the um, NSA were called into questioning and they asked them, would it be possible for you to see how many searches are made in the US, the outside of the US? And they said, no, that is not possible. Um, it, if it was possible, it begins some privacy. And then um, a guy, Edward Snowden, came out and said, there's prism and yes, you can do it. And yes, it does exist. So maybe we shouldn't be taking on the on the fr- the front facing organizations when they say things like uh, it's just statistical data, just metadata. Sure enough, but you know it's just one of those things that you have to live with. And speaking of living with it, you know maybe in the future we might not have to you know age as easily. Uh, MIT's got you know building low-cost synthetic muscles here out of nylon cord. And this is an Engadget story, which made me think of one of our, uh, um, one of our previous shows who's actually down at, at Exosphere in Brazil right now working on some fun stuff. If you look at his Facebook feed, you'll, you'll see pictures uh, popping up. But it's like a, an article is talking about how researchers are trying to, you know, find a better way, cheaper way of, you know, creating muscles, what have you, towards, you know, either augmentation or a full synthetic type of person. So, it, you know, it could be interesting, especially for people with genetic diseases that attack muscles and muscle control. Makes me wonder if one day, you know, somebody with MS or, you know, a similar disease because there are some that actually just break down the muscle um, muscle tissue, and you know, and instead, instead of suffering through that, then they can be augmented to then have synthetic muscles and muscle controllers too. What do you guys think about that? See, that reminds me of another story that I read. Um, there's another there's a startup going that will replace all of your blood in your body with the blood of a young person for eight grand in order to rejuvenate you so see i think these are great advancements like you say they could cure certain diseases and certain problems that people have but hmm, i'm not sure synthetic muscles i'd need I'd want to test them before I put them in because I don't want to be uh, like lifting a pot off of the um, the oven and then all of a sudden a problem happens, either it seizes or the synthetic muscle breaks and I drop it. So, yeah, if I knew that it was capable of the job and how long it would last, I think it's a great idea. I see um, when it's talking about skin, the first thing I thought of was the article about the um, the robot's sex toys. Um, and how this could be part of of that development, and then I then thought it's it's weird how we um, when we picture cyborgs we think of things with like you know machinery, and then every time you hear a story about the development of of robots, they're always trying to make them as human as possible, and maybe that's more as a commentary on our emotional connection with things as opposed to logical sense. Um, the article that Cooper's on about goes on to talk about how it can be used by BMW in cars, in planes, uh, so it could be more aerodynamic. Um, it's just it's just a bit weird thing because 
uh, as we're trying to push the human um, body further, we've got technology that wants to become more human-like. It's it's almost like poetry, don't you think, Cooper? Well, any art can be truly amazing, really. You know, whether it be words crafted to show and express uh, thought and emotion, or you know, materials crafted to mimic the grand creation that is life. It just depends on you know the expression of the creator. Uh, in the creation, you might say, but um, wh- what we were talking about earlier, you know, the the changing the oil, you might say, that was actually from an article from Business Insider, and uh, it was talking about eight thousand dollars a startup will fill your veins with the blood of young people. That actually uh, reminds me of uh, Oliver's conversation with us, where he talked about the two rats um, that were basically connected to each other and the young rats uh, exchange of blood uh, would uh, revive or rejuvenate the older rat. Well, yeah, that, that's an interesting idea as far as using the young blood and an old person to try and, you know, uh, rejuvenate them as well. You know, we've seen different things with stem cell therapy in the past, but talking about changing the blood out you know as if you're changing oil unfortunately much like changing oil you'd have to change out the blood often enough for you know for this type of effect to show any real lasting effect because you know blood cells themselves don't last very long the body uh, automatically replaces them every what is it a month I think, you know, every, at max they last, something like that. I don't remember. It's been too long since I've uh, read up on that. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's kind of like a Band-Aid in my opinion. It's no lasting um, lasting effect, especially like you, you were talking about blood disease, stuff like that. You, one example could easily be, you know, sickle cell anemia, which, um, you know, the mal- the not malformed, but differently formed cells uh, that was like a genetic aberration or adaption to um, some diseases like, um, and to fight it. But the problem is it also causes a great deal of pain uh, for the person that is experiencing that. So a true lasting effect, I would think would have to be through gene therapy to alter the genes that it produce the cells to, you know, do something different at that point, instead of just, you know, doing a quick fix of uh, every 3,000 miles or every 30 days or 60 days or 90 days or whatever, going in saying, all right, I need to, you know, get the, get um, everything swapped out with some new AB or whatever. Yeah, that, that would be a lot of money. And, you know, technically, yeah, would that then already make it that much worse on a blood shortage that we already have often enough and you know hospitals everybody's always asking for blood donations would that then exasperate uh the issue with uh, rich people buying young blood or certified young blood because you know that they want the effect of anti-aging would that then cause a greater deal of human trafficking than we've already seen and you know from just sex or organs what have you, uh, labor, 
would we then have a totally new criminal uh, enterprise of people then kidnapping young people to drain them dry and uh, then put that blood in rich older people? You know, the, the consequences of such things is kind of mind-boggling and, you know, can make you almost sound like you're trying to be a bit of a nutball, but, you know, it could easily be reality. You never think, you know, I would never say, no, that won't happen because anything can happen in this world. You know, everybody does crazy things all in the name of money and others do it in order to hold on to their youth and to, you know, try and live longer. So how can that not happen? What do you guys think about the lasting implications of this technology of what could come from it? Anyone? I think it raises um, an, maybe an ethical issue that, that I discussed at the time in terms of changing the body. Um, people's belief systems may conflict this interest. Um, and always how far you can go to changing a person before it becomes not that person anymore. Um, it's a problem I guess we'll always have in this community and something that I think we have a responsibility to address. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to see more more sort of uses. I know we spoke to Oliver at the time um, and he spoke about you know the preventing the aging that you're talking about. Um, and then you need to question the fact that you're preventing ages, aging um, you're sorting out um, maybe some things that will um, increase the lifespan span of people, but at what kind of cost? Um, it's something we won't know until we've at least run test cycles of it and seen um, the limitations. It's, it's important for us not to just jump head first in this kind of thing. And um, as I know Cooper, you said before, um, increase the hopes of those people that are battling with these kind of uh, issues um, before we take a reasonable peer-reviewed scientifically tested uh, approach and once it's done i guess then then all great but until that happens we have to do that yeah it just makes me go back to uh thinking about the conversation we had with tim cannon where he talked about that he didn't want to help build a spaceship he wanted to become the spaceship so then you know, just with that thought, it's like, like you mentioned, how much is too much? How much do you do? And then you're no longer you, you're, you're a thing, you're not a person. Or how long until things become the same as a person that could be said is, is the same. And you know, we see it in uh, science fiction, we see it in uh, technology every day. You're a software dev, uh, you've probably enjoyed reading about uh AI development and the ever reaching, not just for the stars, but for, I guess I've heard it described before as reaching for the singularity, for the true birth of artificial life, artificial intelligence to where we become obsolete. I don't know. What do you think about this, Damien? So there is one potential problem that it just jumps to mind. I mean, your human trafficking point, it, I hadn't thought about that. that is actually another risk of this. But if we're increasing people's lifespans um, to such an extent that even let's just say 25% uh, extra life, are we going to see an even more overpopulated earth than we have now? Or do you reckon that it will be the case that the rich keep living while the poor die young because they're selling their blood just to survive. How do you think this would play out? Because 
as we see, as technology becomes more mainstream, it becomes cheaper. Laptops, for example, when they first came out, they, how much were they, like three or four grand? Now you can just go and pick yourself an average laptop from PC World or Walmart, probably for 350. So I could see the price of this coming down as it gets more adopted. But again, back to what Oliver says, at what cost? That is, that is the case in many things whether it be technology, life, what have you. It's like these advances, these steps we take, what, you know, what will it affect? How will it affect those that come after? Uh, it just makes me come back to words that were spoken after uh, the atomic bomb was created. And you, you hear that uh, quote all the time. It's like, I had become death, but it, that same creation not only has been used for massive destruction, but also has been used to provide so many things, including, you know, through nuclear medicine, uh, fighting uh, cancer, attempting to fight it anyway, and also diagnose other illnesses and injuries uh, using radioactive uh, medicine of of sorts. But it just makes you wonder uh, in the end when we as people come up with these ideas do we ever consider should we instead of can we and uh damien just put this great um point up in our chat uh window here um that we use to communicate with each other during the show of did you hear the guy that invented the pop-up ad apologized for it he designed it for a car dealer who didn't want his business shown on a banner, what have you. So it's just, in the end, often enough, the tools that we come up with end up being used almost any way. Just like uh, when you come down to it, whoever thought of the, you know, who, if you could go back in time and find out from the guy that invented gunpowder, what have you, what would he say about his invention? Uh, did he make it to make fireworks, what have you, to celebrate and to try and paint a picture upon the world instead of scarring it the way it has? Kind of makes you think about it as a human experience of the consequences of our own expression uh, can truly haunt you through throughout time. I think the same thing can be applied to anything. The Industrial Revolution made many people jobless at a time where there wasn't infrastructure set out for those people. It also created many jobs. It pushed the boundaries of technology development and um, infrastructure. Um, the same can be seen now with the replacement of uh, ticket inspectors and um, ticket uh, cashiers for ticket machines. Um, and again, I think it comes down to responsibility of making sure that void is spoken for. If we're replacing a job of someone, retrain them in another area. But you can't stop technology. Technology is a part of what we do. If we took the approach of let's not do this because then we'd be still sitting in caves. And I know that's blunt, but that's the case that re-education um, and job training is needed for, for everyone. Okay, so that is a, it is a good point there, but... The re-education of someone, one that makes another job for, um, let's just say, another person to be teaching people in a new area. But some people are specialised in their one area and they don't know how to move out of that. Or let's just say someone who's, who's a waiter and has been replaced by 
an autonomous conveyor belt uh, sort of thing. It's not the case that they're not going to have the job now. They could be retrained into maintaining that conveyor belt. They would still have the job. It would just be slightly different. And respectively, um, we need to be dynamic as well in our approach of our job and our life. If, if it's something you struggle with to be retrained, then I understand. And time should be given for those people. But we, we can't give in the example of it's hard to be retrained because, you know, it's just I've been doing this for years because that's not uh, fluidity. And it's not flexible. Um, and they're two things y- you have to know t- to survive. And I know it's it does it does sound harsh because you're essentially saying to someone, if you don't retrain, then there you go. But there's times where a company's gone over, uh, under, or you've lost your job at something, and you go back and you retrain. And there's going to be skills that you learn from one part, as you say, Damien, the conveyor belt, that's going to help you maintain that. And eventually, it's. You know, you just make better people, better trained people that are more relevant in the society that we live in. Well, isn't that totally the premise of the need for like a basic income structure? Um, And we've seen that in sci-fi and uh, other writings talking about the future. And also, we've also heard that in politics, back and forth. But the main argument then is, where does the money come from? Of course, the money would have to come from taxes. And but when it comes down to it, it's like, what are we more in, interested in? The government getting into our wallets or just not being relevant anymore as being, you know, a more capitalistic uh, about me society as a whole? When will we ever get past uh, fighting and to accumulate more crap, to have a bigger house, to hold more crap? And because, you know, one goal remains the same. What the end goal of life, we're all going to die. And in the end, all that crap will go to somebody else to put in store along with their crap. So it's just like, does it really matter in the end? You know, can our lives be more than just storehouses of crap and, and the accumulation of it? Could you say truly then, since you know the whole premise behind this is learning from experts that in, this, in these fields, in the production of this community that has been deemed dangerous by the norm. They're doing something different. They must be dangerous. Well, they're people. Um, People can be dangerous, but isn't truly then the most dangerous mind, a flexible mind, one that can grow and adjust and overcome? T-shirt quote right there. I'll wear it. So as you can see, we're um, starting to gather information and videos, um, not only for our news shows, but also, as Cooper suggested at the start of this news recording, um, for our Dangerous Minds University to allow for that more flexible mind. Um, and I, I guess that will help uh, learning learning new skills, uh, like you say, Damien, with the, the conveyor belt issue. So, Damien, what do you think? Do you Are you really flexible? Can you do the splits? The splits, no, but dislocating any joint in my body whenever I want, yeah, I can do that. That's... Uh, funny completely different story um no i i do agree with all of the points we've put forward today on this there's always a way there's always a way forward is what i'm trying to say and i mean like you say the end is always the same we're all destined just to to die and i mean however that happens and whenever that happens is a different story but we're all here building our legacy and 
you'll get in your bigger house filled with crap so that then you can leave that for a near relative that will then make it a bigger house filled with even more crap. It is a never-ending cycle. It just makes me wonder, uh, then, as this is coming to a head and getting way too less silly than our normal news stuff, I don't know. Sorry, listeners, we suddenly got serious. We promise, maybe next week, to be slap-happy and silly again. But, oh darn, I guess we should have had, instead of a spoiler alert, yes, we suddenly are serious and got and getting poignant and really thinking about things. But hey, if you didn't notice, none of what we do is scripted. We just turn on the mic, we have a little bit, little bit of a clue of what we would like to do, and then just see where things lead us. And um, we, we're thankful for those of you that join us on the ride. It may not always make sense, doesn't always make sense to us, but we keep coming back and we're glad you do too. I don't know guys, y'all have any final comments before Cursor talks again about uh, Dangerous Minds You and uh, calling for the community to chip in and give their own two cents. We're not talking money this time. We're talking, we want, we want your brain pans. We want you to share your dangerous mind, your flexible mind, and help us learn something new. Well, I think it'd be good if people uh, came to us and said their opinions on the stories we've gone about today. Also, if you had your job replaced, how would you try and bounce back? What would be the route you take? Would you try and retrain yourself in another specialist area? Would you go, nah, fuck this, I'm I'm not going to have a job again? Or would you search for another job in the same area? What would be your approach to that? That's a good question. I look forward to answers on that because Lord knows I've had to learn new skills along the way and I've had to pull from uh, skills that I've had in the past as life changes and calls you to do different things. Dangerous Mind Podcast University. Um, guys, do get involved. Any videos you want to see, you know, we, we can't think of all the ideas all the time. You guys know what you're talking about. So let us know what you'd like to see. Um, and also, if you have any videos, get involved. Um, you can reach out to us via email at dmp uh, hyphen, which is a little line in the middle, university at dangerousminds.io. Um, and we'll, we'll start to push out some tutorials and some videos as soon as possible, really. So we definitely want to say thank you to everyone that's listening, everyone that downloads, everyone that comments or reaches out uh, to us. This is your podcast. This is our, this is not ours. We show up mostly weekly and sometimes more than that to download, um, to record, to upload um, the ramblings and muses. If you have a story, comment, person you'd like to be interviewed or you would like to be interviewed yourself, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, just to add on to Cooper's point of getting interviewed by all means anyone reach out to us it doesn't matter what kind of background you're from or at the moment how many implants you have what we want to know is how you think what what would make you want to get more implants even so just reach out to us and if we can we'll fit you in a slot for an interview hit us up on facebook twitter or send us an email to info at dangerousminds.io that actually will fork and go to all the hosts' email to learn more about this journey that we all take weekly. All of us are here on this boat. Go to dangerousminds.io, 
understand it is in the midst of construction. Look for more content to come out as it pro- uh, progresses organically. And we all want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us as we explore further the tech and the people behind it within this fastly growing community of biohacking, grinding, implantable technology, and related hard sciences. Please feel free to reach out to us with questions or comments. You're welcome to find us at dangerousminds.io and Perhaps one day we'll talk to you about the work and or projects you're exploring and develop. Until next week, seek the spark. Scientific progression is steamrolling, there's no preventing it going ahead. Now we're intrinsically linked with technology, biology as we know it is dead.